Hey everyone, welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. I'm Gigi. I'm Liesl. And I'm Lily. All right, so on this very special episode of Sophomore Citizens, we will be talking all about The Bachelorette. Now, we have previously discussed episode one of this season of The Bachelorette on a previous episode, and we decided it would be fun to take the weeks two through four and make a whole episode about this season. What I would like to say to all of our wise babies out there, even if you do not watch the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise, I still think this will be a fun and engaging conversation. You might be a little bit lost and we completely understand that. We have plenty of other episodes that you can go and listen to if you are not a Bachelor Bachelorette person, but I promise we will be delving into some deep societal uh, issues It will be a very deep and intellectual conversation, and so you might be able to get something out of it even if you are not watching The Bachelorette currently. Now, I would like to start us off with a check-in, which for this week, we can each talk about one of our favorite bachelors or bachelorettes or bachelor in paradise or winter games of the past. All right, so I will say my loyalty lies with Bachelor in Paradise through and through. As far as the franchise goes, like that one is leaps and bounds above the rest. But if I have to choose from the, from the main franchise, a favorite character, I would say at the very least from the recent past, Hannah Brown, fantastic bachelorette. She commanded respect. She knew how to have fun. She held her own. She had her personality shine through. What more can you ask of her? I know. I completely agree, Gigi. And I did not have super high hopes or expectations when they announced Hannah B. I didn't think, like, based on what happened in Colton's season, I didn't think she was going to be that great. Um, but it was truly one of, one of the best seasons to date. Lily, what are your initial thoughts? Okay, so um, I'm going to stick to my contrarian ways and pick someone that I love mostly because everyone else hated him, but I loved him. JoJo's season, the two finalists were Jordan Rogers, can't stand him. I understand he won. I was Team Robbie 100%. I know. I know. I'm getting hate for this. I thought he was so cute and fun, and I wanted them to end up together, and I could not stand Jordan. So that's my um, hot take. Robbie literally makes me vomit in my mouth every time I think of him. He is the most disgusting, unattractive, ugly, inside and out man. He's creepy, he's weird, and guess what? He's gay. (laughs) Robbie stands with I have to have some support on this. There's no way I'm the only one. I disagree with all of that. Lily, Lily. Lily. He's he's way too manicured. He's way too manicured and it scares me. He looks like a Ken doll in a bad way. And he like cheated on Amanda Stanton. He literally cool. cheated on single mom and angel sent from heaven above Amanda Stanton. Like, I don't know <laughs> how you think that's appropriate, Lily. I don't stand for that, but I loved him on the season and I loved him from the beginning and I wanted him to win. And I specifically really didn't like Jordan. So that only fueled my love more. 
Yeah. Okay. But if we want to talk bachelors who I think are gay, I just would like to put out there that I have thought Peter was gay since the first time he stepped on the screen, and I still do. So if we're going to bring up people that we think are gay, I think Peter is Is gay. he with someone right now? He's with Kelly. Like, fully with Kelly. Fully with Kelly. I mean, which is- that seems like a, a long-lasting relationship in the Bachelor universe if they've- I feel like they've- they mu- it must have been, like, a year by this point, at least. At least, yeah. Um, it's interesting because I heard this conspiracy theory about Kelly that she just, like, got a really bad edit and the producers hated her, and that's why on the, the season, like, it didn't really seem like Peter and Kelly had any chemistry. But also, tell me- tell me why- tell me why the producers hated her because she wouldn't play along with their their games is the conspiracy theory is that all of the rest of the girls would like do whatever the producers wanted and like kelly was kind of refusing to like do the normal bachelorette like catty you know weird manipulative you know weird stuff okay sure sure um but lily i'm glad you bring up jojo's season because that was one of my favorite seasons and i loved jojo and still love her like i think she's such an icon of the franchise and for me I honestly like feel like we can't even have a conversation about the bachelor bachelorette without talking about Nick Vial like that king has been on so many seasons and is always interesting and enjoyable to watch especially Gigi and I recently rewatched the season of paradise that he was on and he was just like the voice of reason like funny normal like helping other girls out like even if he wasn't necessarily attracted to them or like they weren't in a relationship like he was like friends with the girls and like made sure that everyone was like safe and comfortable and like he he kept it so real and I really appreciated that and I think it's funny because Nick in the beginning was such a villain I think on the first season he came on uh and then the second season he came on when he came on like halfway he was also a villain and he's just had such a great arc and like I just wish that he could find someone to be with because like he deserves love just like anyone else and you know I hated Vanessa I really did not um could not stand that French Canadian woman so I I I hope that he finds love and I hope that he finds love with someone um famous because I think it's cool that there's been like dating rumors that he's dating like um, I was about to say Christina Applegate, but that's not right. That um, woman who has the name of a week. January Jones. Yeah, January Jones. Not a week. The name a of a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just like to say, we've obviously gotten to see Nick Vial over several different seasons with various edits. And so I feel like this has really given us a chance to like see the many sides of Nick Vial. And like, I remember, I distinctly remember disliking him on Caitlyn's season, on JoJo's season, on whoever, Andy Dorfman's season. But Liesl, as you're saying, seeing him on Paradise and watching him be such a homie to other people and to really look out for others and care about what's going on in other people's love lives, it does feel like, you know, he should get his time. But I also, I get the sense, you know, not that I know Nick Vial personally, that like, he doesn't want to settle and I can respect that. He doesn't settle for men like that. (laughs) I also think that we got to support him being that he's one of our coworkers in the podcasting world. Right. He does have some files. 
yeah, of course. He does have some clout, Liesl, to say that he could end up with someone famous would be awesome because I also feel like he's such a figure outside of the Bachelor franchise, which I can respect. Like a Rachel yes. Lindsay, like maybe you use that to get there, but like now you're living your life and I totally love the life he's living separate from The Bachelor. Yeah, and I think that like he has sort of crossed over to somewhat regular stardom where he can have a, a girlfriend who has the name of a week, you know? Totally. And I did see him in LA with my friend Maria, shout out, and she asked for a picture. He wasn't, um, you know, the nicest. He was fine. He, he gave like, a, you know, he took the picture. It's not like he said no, but he, did, he wasn't exactly excited to be having that interaction. But, you know, I'll, I'll cut him some slack. Everyone has off days and, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a faux liberty. Um, so with that, let's move right along into this season of The Bachelorette with Miss Claire Crawley. So I think first off, um, I would like to say that at least the way that I like to watch The Bachelor Bachelorette is very much with the idea in mind that there's a lot of production going on. There's a lot of behind the scenes going on. And I think that in recent seasons, they really have been like, you know, moving the curtain back and showing more producers and showing that side more because pretty much everyone who's watching the show is understanding the other side of it. And I think that with this season in particular, I think it's interesting to consider how they navigated having all of the leaks about Tasha, having the leaks about Claire and how they had to produce this season is I think a really interesting part of the conversation. So I think that during this conversation we will often be referencing producer behavior behind the scenes sort of information and conspiracy theories perchance. So this is not a conversation that's just going to live within the world of the episodes. Like there's so much more going on around it, and I think we should keep that in mind. But I would like to start out by asking a question that I asked last time we talked about The Bachelorette, which is, how do we feel about Claire now? I despise her. I feel so strongly against her. Like, I have nothing to say. After watching her final episode last night, I literally have, the best way for me to summarize it is I have no respect for her. I have nothing positive to say. I'm so sorry. I know that she's getting so much hate online and like that is terrible and I can sympathize in that way but like I will not no one is convincing me of any positivity with anything to do with her whatsoever. So listen the last we spoke about Claire Crawley I was giving her some love. I was trying to give her this chance. I said let's see what she's got. And after having seen what she's got, I'm glad to know she's leaving. <laughs> she's on her way out. I've seen enough. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but even just the little, oh, like Dale and Claire are in suburbia, McMansion, like making food in the kitchen and like hanging out. I was getting such Giada De Laurentiis um, energy from Claire. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
that's such a weird like first of all um don't put so much shade on Giada De Laurentiis's name. She's a beautiful Italian queen. Like she does no, not deserve was... to be in the same sentence as Claire Crawley. I'm just telling you when I saw her at the at the kitchen island, I I was like, am I seeing double right now? I'm seeing Giada De Laurentiis. More like Guy Fieri. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway. I just I hesitate to say this, but like I'm embarrassed for her. Like, I'm embarrassed for her that this had to play out on TV. And, like, Chris Harrison, king, the king that he is, so subtly is like, Claire, are you really doing this right now? Like, is this really what's going on? I was also surprised by Chris Harrison's language, um, which maybe we can get into. But he literally was like, Claire, don't fuck with me. No, he said, he said, no bullshit. When oh, he, when Chris no, Harrison he said, says- He said something like, don't fuck around with me or something like that. Really? Yeah. I have- and Of course they bleeped. I have in I, my notes, I have in my notes, when Chris says, no bullshit, he really out here. Like, yeah. when Chris Harrison tells you no bullshit, looks you dead in your eyes, he means no bullshit. Yeah. Um, so what I'll say about Claire is, obviously, as Gigi was saying, like, We were trying to be optimistic. We were trying to be kind to Claire and like see what she could bring to the the show and and give her the benefit of the doubt after episode one. But after these past couple of episodes, it's really, really hard to paint her in a good light. What I will say is that I think she did get a bad edit. I do think that the producers knew that they had to edit this to make the men in the house seem like the heroes and to make Dale and Claire seem a little bit like the villains and make Claire seem absolutely batshit crazy so that, and of course, Claire said all of the things that they put in. It's not like they were putting words in her mouth, but I definitely think they played it up with a lot of the editing and we'll probably get into that as we continue this conversation. But let's go back to episode week two. two, week two, and let's debrief on that a little bit. I have things to say. I think, obviously given COVID, across the board, people have had to get a little more creative with the way things play out. Bachelorette being a prime example. They had to get a little creative with how things were going to go down. And of course, having such limited um, like capabilities and locations, they had to get creative. And so this love languages date that they did, in my opinion, way more clever, interesting, substantive than the average group date from The Bachelor or Bachelorette. I think that's an interesting take, Gigi. Um, I completely agree that going into this, I thought that they were going to really have to get creative with the dates. And I I did think that the dates would be interesting still, because when I think about a typical bachelor bachelorette season, like I don't really care about them being in a helicopter and like having a band perform and they dance like, yeah, some country singer, they just show up magically at a country singer concert. Although we did get a little, listen to your heart. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't, 
the love languages date, I got excited when they brought up the idea of talking about love languages because obviously they probably got inspired by Sophomore Citizen's episode about love languages. But um, having the, you know, profession of like the words um, was definitely unique. And I didn't understand why they put Claire up on that like perch. I thought that to be really weird. I didn't like that perch whatsoever. <laughs> that perch gave me Rapunzel vibes. I literally felt like she was like in her tower. No, I'm like I did what does not that have like to do perch. with words of affirmation? Like, like the they perch. can just stand okay, and eye to, to eye. Your point, to your point, Liesel, I do feel like the words of affirmation thing was like a little much right off the bat, given like yeah. they, they it, it had been it had been like 24 hours. Like, how are you supposed to say something meaningful and when like you literally don't know this person? And this will come up again. Well, this will cut this theme will come up again. Cause as we know, that it was another moment, but I believe it was either week I think it was week three regardless we'll get there we'll get there um I thought the gift giving was fun Mm -hmm. you know like they had to go run and grab something like it was kind of like fun scavenger hunt vibes I also remember with the words of affirmation section a lot of the words of affirmation that they were saying were about them like if I was talking to Claire they were like I will fight for you forever. I will go to the ends of the earth for you. I will do this. I will do that. That's not words of affirmation. Like you're supposed to be telling Claire, like you're a beautiful queen. You have this quality, this quality, and this quality. And especially knowing what we know about Claire now, which in my opinion is that she's a deeply insecure person. Like she is like the prime candidate who needs words of affirmation that are like, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're this, you're that. And I didn't I I guess it was probably because they don't know her, but a lot of them were like, I will go to the ends of the earth for you. And I thought that was a bit of a misrepresentation of words of affirmation. I would agree, Liesl. And I will say physical touch was weird. This is where I have so many comments. Come in, Lily. Come on. I mean, I agree. It was just, it was bizarre. And like, I think it's, there's especially something to be said when The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, you are signing up to have all of your physicality broadcasted on public television, and that's already fucking weird. And when I'm watching Dale and Claire nearly have sex in front of me, I feel weird. (laughs) All of the men and all of America are all watching this blindfolded touching. No! Super weird. Super, super super weird. weird. And, like, imagine being cast being like the crew being like camera people being producers watching these men watch claire touch them blindfolded i know weird so weird so so weird so i think the next major thing that we need to talk about in that episode is when claire gets upset that the men on the first group date don't ask her to be pulled aside okay all right So I will say when I watched it through the first time, like watched that moment occur, I was like, whoa, like I've never seen something like that happen on this show. Like you almost never see like a lull or like an awkward silence. Like it just very rarely happens. And because it has never happened to this point, I've never like been forced to think about it. But in my mind, I'm like, now trying to consider is that because they like have it down to a science that like they can make it flow so well or like 
maybe because it's a TV show, they sometimes just have to reshoot something if something does go awkward, but it's not like usable. You know what I mean? So like, because obviously they set them up. They're like, all right, Claire over here with a bottle of champagne, you know, like they're orchestrating it to a certain extent. And so that's why I always, like, I would think that most of the time everything runs pretty seamlessly. And that moment I was like, like, this is so weird. And I do genuinely believe it was really just that like, they, like, no one was clued into like, oh, it's go time now. Like no, no one was like thinking about that. I don't think that it has anything to do with like people not wanting to hang out with Claire or like the boys wanting to hang out with each other. I genuinely just think like the the cues, the cues for the night to take off hadn't like landed properly. Not at all. And like for Claire to like not see that, the fact that these men have never been on a group date before. And I think that Claire, like part of the reason that this might've gone down the way it did is because Claire has literally been on like a million seasons of this show already so she's so used to the conventions of like okay group date the bachelorette is going to make a little speech and then the men are going to be like claire 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 take me away you know but that's they don't know that this is the first group date like you have to set that expectation and be like okay well i would love to like start talking to you individually and then someone is going to obviously jump in and be like okay okay so he's made it weird Liesl, this is part of this is part of what I was trying to get at as well. Is that like when you know the like structure of how the show works, then there's like the uncertainty is completely like it, it's it reduces uncertainty, and so people just know how to function. They know how to interact with with each other, and so when there is high uncertainty, people are going to be like confused. They're going to wait for other people to make a move because they're uncertain about what's going on. I also think that conflict in The Bachelor and Bachelorette is always about the time spent with one another talking in a group setting. 100% every year it's, you got more time than me, can I steal you, can we talk again, they talk twice. So it is so natural that these guys, which just a side note that I will definitely get back to later, I think these guys are so great and much better than many other seasons of guys in the past are just nice, good people that were like, I don't want to step on anyone else and be like, Claire, let's go. Like, and I just think that her handling of the situation was terrible. Like, fine if you feel upset, but the way that you dealt with it was so immature. And like, I was not expecting this from the oldest bachelorette. I also like, you could very clearly tell like obviously she left with someone and then like you could tell that she was so not tuned in she was like wow well why why did I have to ask them like what like what's going on like she was so in her head so clearly not paying attention to that person and she never even came back for him like he she said okay I'll be back or whatever and then she just left with Dale Like, that is the number one thing that I think is extremely deserving of of all of the hate, is not being present. That is the one thing that that you really need to be a good lead on The Bachelor Bachelorette. You need to be present with everyone and give everyone a fair shot. Otherwise, it's not fun to watch. Like, if you're clearly tuned out and, and exhibiting, like, the signals of I'm not into this, which is probably reason I would be really bad as The Bachelorette because, like, 
you know, if I'm not attracted to someone, like, it's probably going to show, and, like, I'm not going to be that interested to talk to you. Like, I would do my best to be polite, but I think that, like, the most interesting seasons of The Bachelor, Bachelorette are when the lead is able to, like, you know, have, like, a good, you know, interesting, enriching conversations with all of the people and give everyone a fair fair shot. I'm so glad you bring this up, Liesl, because this really digs at the heart of why I feel so strongly against Claire is because when you sign up and you say yes to being the bachelorette, you are agreeing that even if you like one person more in the moment or feel a certain way about a particular individual, you will play the role, you will get to know all the guys, and you will be present to an extent. And maybe you're not good at that, like you just said, Liesl, and that's why maybe you shouldn't be the bachelorette. But when Claire said yes, she was signing up for that. So that is why I have no sympathy for her being like, you can't be mad at love. This is what happened. Like, no, it's not a traditional way of meeting people. And therefore, you can't just handle it in a normal sense. And I think beyond just Claire being so checked out and not giving the guys the time of day other than Dale... Like, knowing now and thinking about the fact that she was looking on social media at all of them, it gave her such preconceived notions about not just Dale, like, being, you know, her husband, but about all of the other men. Like, you know, there's a reason that when you go on, you're not allowed to look at people's social media because that's not having an open heart and an open mind. That's being very closed off and having you know, initial judgments from beforehand. And I know that we'll probably get into that more, but but it is interesting looking back on episode two, knowing what we know now, like, and just seeing how closed closed off she was to all of these these men, in my opinion. And I think that she wanted Dale to, to jump in immediately because that's her expectation. Her expectation throughout the whole time was set at like, Dale is going to be perfect and is going to just like jump in at any moment. And on top of that, like just something that we notice like from the get-go is like anything Dale says, she is putty in his hands. Like she was literally like a puddle in front of him. Like it doesn't like anything that went wrong. She's like, Dale, like I want Dale. And it's like, that is already a red flag to me that like this person that you don't know, you're attaching so much like like, like putting so much faith and responsibility in this person to make sure that you're okay when like, you don't know this person. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she was relying heavily on Dale to make her feel better when anything went awry. It was pure confirmation bias. She had the idea in her head, Dale is perfect. Dale is my husband. So when Dale did the bare minimum of like trying to talk to her, hugging her, comforting her when she sad. She acted like he was the reincarnation of her father and like this perfect angel sent from heaven above. He was doing the bare minimum. Like, it's not like he was doing anything that any of the other guys wouldn't have done. Okay, I think that we need to talk about this dodgeball date because somehow this is all packed into week two. Dodgeball date, they have to get naked. Do we have, like, any serious thoughts on that? 
I mean, first of all, I think this is very, very standard bachelor, bachelorette behavior. Like if you're signing on to go on the bachelor, bachelorette, and you don't plan on being a shirtless man or a bikini, you know, clad woman the whole time, like you're kidding yourself. Like there's going to be nudity. There's going to be crudity. There's going to be all of it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know much else to say. Like, I thought it was a little, like, getting fully nude was like, okay, whoa. And I didn't fully understand what was happening. I understand the guys being mad, but also, like, some people didn't get naked and no one really cared. So I thought it was strange. Like, it was just like, why did they need to get naked? They could have just lost the dodgeball game and gone home. Like, why did they have to run naked? That's just weird, but, like, okay. It also seemed to me like no one was asking them to get butt ass, but like one of the guys when they lost was like, all right, fuck it. And then like (laughs) some other ones joined in. And to me, like that's a little more funny and fun because like they weren't being forced to do it. And it was just like, all right, let's embrace this and just kind of have a laugh. But I can understand like that's a little, it's a little humiliating to have that broadcast to millions of people. But regardless, it was also on this date, the second part, that Blake Moines decides to crash. How did we feel about the crashing? I just need to, before we talk about this, just say, like, he looks like a cartoon mountain man. Like, his appearance is just so noteworthy and later on i'm gonna he's make john it. travolta and, yeah he's we're john talking about travolta john. plus cartoon mountain man exactly like later on i'm gonna make us get into some lookalikes because i have lots of comments of who i think people look like but he like the way he talks the way he carries himself and the way he presents himself is just so cartoon weird but yeah his crashing get out of here like no First with the, I messaged her before this all started. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just stop being such a teacher's pet. Like, I yeah, totally. And Lily, but Lily, last time you said you liked him, right? From I liked one. him in the vi- yes, I did like him in the very beginning. So <laughs> that is, have- it's important to point out what I-, I wrote in my notes. Literally, was just John Travolta did such an L coming back. Like that's. That's all. John Travolta fucked up. And here's what I have to say. This is another overarching theme of the Bachelor Bachelorette universe. If and when I go on this show, I will never have the wool pulled over my eyes by someone who won't play the game. By this, I mean, people are so like, they're swooning over over the person who breaks the rules for them like they're showing up like they're they're here for me but really you're just being a snake you're thinking you're above other people you're thinking that you don't have to play by the rules you're thinking that you can just snake the system to get more time and like i don't i i don't want someone who does that even if they are coming at me with attention, even if it is, even if their snake dumb is benefiting me, I would look twice at that and go, uh-uh, I don't like that behavior. Play by the rules. Sit down, stay in your lane. I completely agree. And like, I mean, I agree to you that this is an overarching thing across the entire Bachelor Bachelorette franchise because the rule breaker who's 
hot and you know you really into them you're like oh my god they're like willing to break the rules for me when it's a rule breaker who's not your top pick it's like ew get away from me you know stick stay in your lane stick by the rules so it's it's a really tricky territory and i just don't think that going to that like rule breaking place at the end of the day like it just doesn't work out it usually doesn't benefit you and in Blake's case with the rule breaking, I would say the overall feeling I felt for him was embarrassment. Like when he did it, I was like, ah, stop. And like the whole thing, went, I was just like, I, I mean, the kiss and reject, the kiss and reject. All Listen, of that. I was just like, ah. I think that, you know, Claire, Claire's kissing, um, Claire's kissing was like such a big theme for me for the, from the whole season. And we'll continue to talk about this because this is obviously a big topic. She's not good at um, at the cues of I'm ready to receive a kiss or I'm not wanting a kiss or please kiss me or just I'm going to kiss you. You know, these are distinct things that like you have to know how to do of like cueing someone to kiss you or like you just decide, hey, I'm just going to kiss this person and you just go, you know, you don't like half go and then, you know, because that just creates bad the whole there's why like it's not just once not twice multiple, multiple times multiple times throughout her season she doesn't get the timing right like i think i know with, why even with dale she doesn't get the timing right you know why, okay why? i want to know why lily i want to know why but just on this note it makes me really uncomfortable the way that she's always like grabbing dale's neck and head and, and head like, she's she's like casting a spell on his head <laughs> you you all should go and watch the podcast episode on YouTube um, because you're missing out if you're just listening in your headphones right now. I think that the reason that her kissing is so out of whack is that her lips are so jacked with filler that she lost the ability to kiss like a normal natural person because it's so unnatural and stiff and her entire face <laughs> is literally plastic. Her forehead is glued and her eyes and her lips and her, and she her has that huge vein she has in her huge vein. Multiple um, times in my notes when I was watching, I wrote her boobs are popping out of her dress because they literally looked like they were going to explode. The so red please. dress, the red dress that she wore, I was like, bro, okay, not wait, only I... do you look fried to a crisp with your spray <laughs> tan, but your boobs are literally defying gravity right now. Okay, wait, I have so much to say right now. First, I want to go back to the reason that Claire is so bad at kissing. And Lily, I think that this is a great... Um, a great theory that like her you know lips and frozen face make it difficult to tell like what emotion she's feeling but I also have a theory that like Claire really strikes me as the kind of woman who wants the man to be strong to be big to be very masculine which is totally fine like if if that's like what you really want but I get the sense that Claire really wants the men to make the move she really wants the man to make the kiss, to go in and to go for it and do it. But the problem is on The Bachelorette, the power dynamics and balance is kind of that as The Bachelorette, you have to be the one to, you know, initiate kisses and and make sure that that's happening a little bit more because the men are trying to read, you know, how you feel about them. Like they don't, they're not going to feel as confident as they would in the wild to just go and kiss you. 
you know, they don't know when the timing is right. So like, in my opinion, as the bachelorette, you have to kind of give those cues more obviously or just kiss them, you know? And on that note of her just wanting this strong man and whatever, I have written from when we were watching the words that she uttered, literally all I have ever wanted is a man to protect me. Okay. This goes back to what I said when we briefly discussed The Bachelorette in a check-in a few episodes ago, is that I, I mean, my problems with Claire have evolved and I have a lot of issues with her, as I said, but one of my biggest issues with her is that she plays this victim card as if she is the only single woman in the world that's ever been through heartbreak and I just am over it. And this is like, all I've ever wanted is like, enough stop playing this victim card i don't want it and i completely agree with you liesel that when she says things like this of i'm looking for someone to protect me i'm looking for this quality dale's always there da, 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 enough like goodbye i wanted to go back really quick to what lily was saying a little bit about first of all claire's boobs and i also want to talk about claire's sense of style i think that claire is maybe the worst dressed bachelorette in history not necessarily her casual day wear, but her evening wear is so bad. The it's amount also of times, all the same shape. They always the give her shape. a high neck and then a low back. Which makes her fake boobs, which look terrible. They look even worse when you wear a weird high neck and all of this illusion fabric. I hate illusion fabric literally last night she had on the dress with the illusion pearls and bedazzles i'm like are you doing an ice skating competition or are you the bachelorette it's hard to tell at this point she has the worst 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 style she dresses so ugly it's repulsive and you know what if you get married and you have the illusion fabric on your wedding dress i'm not attending your wedding I refuse to be associated with illusion fabric. Can we okay. please talk about the yellow dress? Like, please, please, can we talk about... Literally looked like something that I would have worn to my bat mitzvah. <laughs> I was even worsely <laughs> dressed than I already was. Like, I don't even think I would have worn that to my bat mitzvah, but the only time I could see anyone wearing that dress and it being appropriate is a 13-year-old girl on the bima reading the Torah. <laughs> She dresses like like Vanna White, like literally so bad. Okay, now that we've addressed the fact that her fake tits are terrible and her style is even worse and the vein in her forehead needs to calm the frick down because she needs to stop getting so much Botox. It's going to her brain. Gigi, what okay, would you like to I talk about? Can I say what I need to say? <laughs> yes. Jam-packed episode two. We have Brandon, I think, mm. who has the big hiccup. Oh, yeah, I'm here for you. I came for you. So what do you like about me? Oh, well, um, you know, you're so beautiful. And uh, yeah, well, she gets all angry. And it's like, bitch, none of these people know you. None of these people know you. And the fact that you're ears wide open trying to be like, Oh, like they really know my qualities. Like they like that I stuck up for myself. Like they respect that I like, you know, stood up to Juan Pablo. Like they don't know you, Claire. They don't, they know, don't you. know you. They're they're pulling shit out of their ass. 
I completely agree, Gigi. And I'm ashamed to say that back, you know, months ago when we first got the cast images, Brandon was my pick. And I am so ashamed. He's a buffoon. I'm so ashamed um, because, you know, he just failed so miserably. Like, that it's literally the easiest question. Like, she's like, name one quality about me. You seem nice. That's all you have to say. You seem fun. You seem funny. You seem smart. That's it. Like, these are so basic, and he literally- He fumbled it so bad. He fumbled it so bad. Okay, I'm going to devil's advocate for a second, because honestly, I didn't think it was that bad on his part, and I, shocker, didn't like the way she handled it. Look, I don't think it was great, like, Brandon, come on a little bit, but at the same time, when she, she, she was asking him, like, what are you excited about, or when you were looking on me, like- it is not the worst thing to say, like, oh, well, you're so beautiful. And I don't think he meant it in a shallow way at all, where she was like, all you can say is what you see and, like, all whatever. Like, I think that he was just nervous and it was an unfortunate, like, outcome of events. But I really don't think he meant it in a bad way. I just think that no. she terribly I don't think I don't think he meant it in a bad way and I'm coming to his defense when I say like all of these other guys are literally like just saying bullshit to try and make her feel like they do know her and they do care about her so like really the difference between Brandon and every other motherfucker out there is really just that like Brandon couldn't get his shit together to formulate words right the other ones could could figure it out right I think that I completely agree. Like at the end of the day, that that failed interaction was due to Claire because she's a narcissist and like insecure and wants to hear compliments about herself all the time. It's like, maybe ask Brandon what he likes to do for fun, what he does for work, instead of being like, why'd you come on? What do you like about me? <laughs> you know, but, but Brandon, like, I don't know what profession or line of work you're in, but like when someone asks you a question, you need to be able to answer to live he, on this globe. Like I wrote, I wrote a quote from him. Answer. <laughs> I wrote a quote from him. There are moments between us. Even if we didn't get one-on-one time, there have been moments. She was like, Brandon, I don't know what kind of <laughs> moments you thought we had. We did not have any moments. Um, my favorite quote from the episode was during a different moment, but it was when Riley said, you can speak for the group, but not for me, not for Riley. (laughs) Um, speaking of Riley, I didn't really like how calculated his moves were with like, okay, we're going to dance like it's prom, like we're at prom right now. I was like, I'm feeling just a little like too much, Riley, like relax. Yeah. Relax, Riley. Relax, Riley should be the phrase for that one. Okay, do we have any other comments on episode two? I think we're ready for episode three. I think it's about time. All right, so episode three pretty much kicked off with Claire and Yosef fighting, right? Yeah. Um, so my favorite moment from that was Claire literally goes, my mom is dying. Yosef smiles and goes, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> No, but also, also, Claire, Claire, okay, there's so many things wrong here because I, from what I can recall, Claire throwing out my mom is dying was like completely unprompted. 
So like, not <laughs> only, not only was she like just throwing that out there for the fun of it, him smiling and saying, <laughs> let me finish. Like literally, well, the, Yosef was a snake from night one, like yeah. obviously, obviously, obviously. And so this behavior from him was really not that surprising. Like he literally, I'm sorry to Yosef. I'm sure he's like an okay guy. And I was, I mean, no, maybe he's not. I'm not sure I don't about think actually he's at an all. Okay guy. But I'm just trying to say, like, what I'm about to say is really bad. So I'm trying to soften it. Like he literally gives me serial killer vibes. Yeah. Um, I did see, I, I did go to his Instagram and see photos of him and his daughter. And like, I just cannot believe that this man is like a father. I feel and, so bad. I feel so bad for that child. Yeah, it's 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 not good. It's really not good. One thing I will say in defense of Yosef, which like it's really not in defense of Yosef, but just like this kind of mindset, which is like I do think that that as contestants, you should have a, a little bit of like I want to see this person impress me. Like I want to I want to see qualities that I like from the bachelor or bachelorette. Like I want the lead to to make me feel good or I want the lead to like impress me in some way because it can't be so one-sided of like the lead is is like a queen in every way and like I just have to serve her and show her and impress her and like prove to her that I am worthy it's like no it's a little bit it should be more equal and it should be more like a give and take so I can respect that Yosef was like I don't like this behavior from you like I'm not just gonna like roll over and be like, okay, whatever you want, Claire. So for that reason, I can respect him just being like, I don't really mess with that. All of the reasons that he didn't mess with it, naked party, my daughter, this, that, like, I, I don't agree with literally anything that came out of his mouth. I'm just saying, I think that some contestants would benefit from being like, this is a two-way street, you know? Here's what I cannot respect is that when she was walking away, he continued to yell and say all these immature things, you're not fit to be the mother of my child, whatever, whatever. I'm not mad at an argument. Honestly, I think that's great in building and relationship, all that. Like, it is important for you guys to work through things. Obviously, this was a lot more than just an argument. But when you take it to another level and continue to yell at her when she's walking away and say all these rude, immature things that's where you lose all my respect. I also just have to say with this whole blow up, how did it escalate so quickly? Like we were zero to a hundred in the matter of seconds. For real. And Lily, I agree completely. He was disrespectful. Like he, he, he just was like an asshole. He was an asshole. And like, bye Yosef. See ya. I also think like, I'm sorry, if you leave your child for weeks maybe months, to go on a reality TV show, The Bachelor, Bachelorette. You cannot, like, hold that over the the Bachelor or Bachelorette. Like, I left Who made that choice for you. You, you made, made that choice. Who made that weird choice during a global <laughs> pandemic to leave your child? Um, okay, like, maybe I wouldn't be the best mother to your child, but I don't think you're the best father. Yeah, truly. Like, so. what's up, homie? Another thing that really st- stood out to me is the use of the word female. I hate when men, you know, say you can't treat a female like that. 
I find it so um, dehumanizing when, like, people are like, you can't treat a female like that. You can't do that to a female. Like, when Zul, people I actually, word. I actually had this conversation two nights ago. That's and so I was, funny. Yeah. And I was saying, like, it feels too, like, anatomical. It right. feels like, it, it, as you're saying, it's dehumanizing and it's objectifying. And it's yeah. like... I am a woman. Like, I'm not a female. Like, I just, like, I'm a person. I'm not, like, a scientific term, you know? And, like, exactly. they, it typically is used in the context of, like, you know, we got to protect females. Like, you don't treat a female like that. You don't do that to a female. No, you don't do that to a person. Like, right. don't make it about my gender. Like, the fact that I was just disrespected. Like, Make it about the fact that I'm a person and that all people deserve respect. You would never hear anyone be like, don't treat males like that. You just don't hear anyone ever use the word male. So why do we use the word female like that? At the very least, be like, you don't treat a woman like that. At the very least. What other opinions do we have from episode three? Um, this is just a brief comment, but Deanna's little cameo, uh, do you think she enjoyed quarantining for 14 days of that 10-minute <laughs> conversation? Do you think it was worth it? I just, I'm curious. I know. Like, Wait, how- was, that, was that her friend who came in? That wasn't her friend. Like, I, are they even really, like, actual no. friends? Like, she's like a bachelorette person. She's like old, old, old. But uh-huh. she, she had to quarantine and go through this whole process to have what a four-minute conversation. Like, what did well, you enjoy it that much? I have a lot of questions about the quarantine um, rules and the way that they did this because, obviously, now in current time with Tasha coming in, I expected Chris Harrison to be like. You will be meeting the new Bachelorette in a few days, in a week, in two weeks, because we have to bring this person in and quarantine them. The fact that Tasha was already there for two weeks, the math of that does not She couldn't have been. She couldn't have been. So what? Did they just COVID test her? Like, but they made everyone else quarantine? Like, I don't understand. So here's what I will say. As far as the pacing of episode four, I was kind of like, why are they making the guys like sit around and not really telling them what's going on and like giving Claire and Dale like this whole opportunity to like go on an official date and do like kind of fantasy suites and then like FaceTime Neil Lane and like (laughs) why is all this stuff going on? So maybe they were also trying to buy a little time. You know what I mean? Like, and it, that's obviously not two weeks time, obviously not. But I'm just saying like, it's possible that they were getting the Tasha stuff in the works, had to get her tested, had to like have her quarantine or whatever. But Liesl, you, you, you have really cracked the code on this in my opinion, because there's simply no way that she had been quarantining for two weeks. Or like they literally filmed episode one and they were like, Claire's not it. We need to bring in someone else, you know? And maybe they couldn't have known. They could not have known. But okay, this is one one conspiracy theory I think that I did hear was that they they wanted Taisha to to blow up. They wanted this season to blow up. And that the producers 
really like encouraged all of Claire's crazy behavior and encouraged her towards Dale and encouraged that to all happen so that they could get Claire out of there and get Tasha in. Like, Do we have any wise babies with some inside scoop? Because personally, I really would love to know. And if anyone knows anything, please DM us because maybe someone has some insider info. Yes, always open to any bachelor, bachelorette conspiracy theories, the only kind of conspiracy theories that I enjoy. Okay, so something I would like for us to talk about, we're on, I would say that we are comfortably sitting at week four now, like that's kind of where our conversation is going, but I'm, I want to hold off on any more Tasha talk for a second. I would like for us to discuss the fact that basically Chris Harrison says to Dale, like, she's waiting and she's waiting for you to propose. It's been 0.2 seconds and you guys have spent more time talking about how much you like each other than literally anything else. All they talk about is, you're my person. Like, I just, I felt it. I felt the aura. I felt it. Bitch, you haven't, like, they didn't even know each other's parents' names. And they were already like, you remind me so much. Like, you remind me so much of my dad. Like, Bro. And then literally Chris Harrison says to Dale, like, okay, like step up to the plate. Like I would be shitting my pants if I was Dale. Okay. I have many things to say um, about this. First of all, I didn't understand why before it was an engagement, they made it so clear that it was going to be an engagement. I didn't understand why Chris Harrison didn't go to didn't go to Claire and say, "Okay, tonight you're going to have your final rose ceremony with Dale." As opposed to being like, "Tonight you're getting engaged." Like why? Because usually they make it the final rose ceremony and you don't know if there's going to be a proposal. They right. talk to Neil Lane, but you don't know for 100% sure that it's going to be an engagement. So I was very confused by why why they they did that that way and i completely agree that like dale got just like completely put into a corner of like okay not only are you already in love with her you're engaged like he basically had no say and i think it's really problematic that Claire was like, yeah, my dad like just showed up after meeting my mom once and proposed. And she's like, that's like, that's what I'm looking for. Bitch, that literally is like one in a million. One in a million that someone meets, proposes, and then is married for 40 years. And I just need to point out that I, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I do not think Dale is that into Claire. Like, I think this is a one-sided situation. I think Dale came on the show to kick off his modeling career, which, by the way, he was a party city model. He used to model children's costumes. So I think he was like, okay, let's step up, like, maybe make my way out of party city onto bigger and better things. Which, like, was by like, the way, like, modeled right after Tyler Cameron. Like, you know, it has been shown that that modeling is a good... I was going to bring this up when Lily said um, that there there are celebrity lookalikes because Because Dale Dale looks like the girl from Polar Express. Dale looks like the girl from Polar Express 1000%. It is this, this photo of her scrunched up on the train on the way to the North Pole. 
on the Polar Express is Dale. But yep. Lily, c- please continue because I feel like we kind of cut you off. Um, well, if we're talking, okay, I'll I'll get to that. But I just I don't think he came with true intentions, which I don't really care if he came with true intentions. Like I feel like it's part of the franchise is like some people are gonna come and if you end up falling in love on the way great some people are gonna come really to find love I don't really care why you show up but I just think that Dale showed up to kick off his modeling career Claire was like he's the one I stalked his Instagram he's perfect for me I'm gonna shower him with love and Dale is taking it all which by the way like I do not think Dale is that wonderful at all I think he's really weird with his facial expressions like he'll say things like during the proposal, oh, I love you, but is completely stoic, has no expression on his face whatsoever, would be like, I'm so happy. Okay, then smile. Like, I, yeah, he's... Uh, okay, I, I don't mind Dale. I don't have a problem with Dale. I like Dale. I want to ship Claire and Dale. I want them to get married and, like, be together forever because, like, I think Thank you, cute. next. I think they're cute enough and, like, I'm ready for Claire to be off the market because I think that the market is too dangerous for Claire. Like, Claire is so vulnerable to manipulation, to... Claire also... Stuff. And, like, I, I think that Dale is a good guy. Um, what I think, this really gets to where, how I was talking at the beginning of this episode, how we're really going to get into societal implications here. We're going to go deep into this franchise and into the globe itself. Love at first sight. Okay. Well, okay. So I, I, I wrote in my notes, when you know, you know, this is another thing that Clara said. And I think it it ties in with love at first sight. When you know, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because essentially she is trying to say that she met him and she knew and when you know, you know, I, I think that's bullshit. I don't think that you have any way of just magically knowing. And I just think it's such an immature way to think. I think that, like, my view of love at first sight is that someone who believes that love at first sight happened to them, what actually happened to them was that they saw someone, they were very attracted to them, they were very interested in them for whatever reason, physical or non-physical, and for whatever reason, their relationship worked out really well. So they, they assume I was in love from the very first moment. But it's actually just that, like, you just happened to have a good relationship. That's that's what happened, right? But people who truly think that you can know if this is going to work out for the rest of your life in the first moment, first day, first week, it is so unfathomable to me. Okay, look, I'm someone who honestly wouldn't say that I don't believe in love at first sight. I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, that is my one true thing I believe the most in because I see flaws, but I am someone who likes to romanticize and I can see a world in which I believe in love at first sight. I think it has no business being brought up in this regard because as I said earlier, it simply doesn't matter. Claire, you agreed to be the bachelorette, so you can't have that because you agreed to meet 30 men, date however many men each week, and give them a chance. So I don't really care if you experience love at first sight or not. It's not applicable in this situation. And if you are so dead set on having your love at first sight play out, then don't sign up for The Bachelorette. I just think, you know, it is just honestly comes down to a lack of awareness of Claire. 
She, I think, is very in her own world, in her own insecurities, in her own narrative, that she needs to take the blinders off because I, I just don't think that she's seeing reality like we're seeing it, you know, play out. That you don't know these people very well. You don't know any of them very well. And this is a, a situation where the people there are going to be thirsting after you, all of them. So when the one that you really like is acting a little thirsty for you, that doesn't mean that he's in love with you. My thoughts on this, and this kind of goes back to just like trying to understand if Dale is actually in the Claire. Like as a, as a contestant among the group, there is this like competition at play. It's like we are all vying for her heart, for her attention, and she's picking me. Hell yeah. Like I'm winning, essentially. But that doesn't mean that he loves her. That doesn't mean that he knows her. That doesn't mean that he has feelings for her. Maybe she has feelings for him and he likes that she likes him. But I don't know if he knows that he actually likes her. Totally. I want to talk a little bit more about the fact that she was looking on social media. I would love to take this idea and bring it to our normal life, non-bachelor, bachelorette life. What do you girls think about looking at social media to gauge what people are like and specifically romantic interests? So, okay, I actually read an essay about, um, like, it was a senior project that someone had done a few years ago about understanding how flirtation is communicated via Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, and which platforms are better for conveying flirting versus which ones cause more discomfort or like embarrassment. Obviously, Instagram, Facebook, you're going to have a little more discomfort, embarrassment because it's a public display. Whereas Snapchat, you can be a little more clandestine and flirting can go on without anyone knowing. This also brings to mind, like, I think people like about social media that they can control to a certain extent what their, what their, what their image looks like, you know, and people like being able to have some control over how others will perceive them and like what their impression of them is going to be. And so I feel like it is good because you can kind of get a sense for what someone is like to an extent on social media. And I think like it can really ramp up a crush or how you feel about someone because you get to just watch them and like consume their stuff and they don't have, like, it's, it's one of the few instances where it's going to be a one-way interaction and they have no idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get to interact with this person in a virtual setting where they don't know anything about it. Like, you get to secret, secret, ha, 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 look at all their stuff. To me, social media in this way feels like what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Liesl, you brought up confirmation bias. Social media feels like confirmation bias 101. If I have a boy I'm talking to and he is so cute and nice and I really like him and then I go on Instagram and I'm looking at his Instagram, that is going to reaffirm that. There's no way I'm going to go on and it's going to be a game changer. 
I think this really takes shape in terms of like, if I really like someone and my friend's like, oh my gosh, let me see a picture of them. I'm like looking through their social media to find the photo where they look the cutest. And even then I'm like, oh, boys don't take good photos. They don't post good ones on Instagram. So just like, he's not as cute as this. But then if there's some weird boy that I'm talking to that I'm not that interested in, I go on his social media and I'm like, ugh, like I'm not like, oh, that's so cool. And then it's the very opposite. If someone wants to see a photo though, I'm like, look how weird. Like it to me just feels like it fuels my fire one way or the other. Confirmation bias 101. And I, I think it's interesting because, you know, I want to be on the team more so of like, you know, give a person in person a chance before, you know, you meet them and get to know them because social media is not everything and it's not going to be a representation of who a person is. But one thing that I imagine going on The Bachelor or Bachelorette being kind of an interesting thing that could potentially happen is, okay, let's take Peter's season. Let's say that after Peter's season is done, he goes on Instagram and he sees like Madison's Instagram. And let's just say she's a Trump supporter, you know, like that for me, you know, politics or the kinds of things that a person that I'm romantically interested in is sharing on social media. Like maybe you don't learn someone's politics or someone's kind of like worldview while you're on the show and then you leave the show and you go on their Instagram and they're like a hunter and like maybe they have like you know a f- they're one of those people who like holds a giant fish on their Instagram and uh, like for me that's like so repulsive and so it's kind of like there's this interesting balance of like you know you don't want to have your opinion of someone so completely shaped by social media like Claire did with Dale but at the same time like social media can hint and clue at a lot of things that like you want to know about someone, you know? And like, how, how does this person want to show themselves to the world? Okay. So that's part of what I was trying to say is like, this is a space where you get to kind of have some control over, over how others perceive you. And it's like, I want to know how someone either sees themselves or wants other people to see them. Yeah. And like, I, I think that, um, especially with guys like an Instagram specifically, let's just say like, you know, most guys have like an interesting relationship with Instagram because as Ali's saying, like when you're a girl on Instagram, like you you can post so many different things and people are not going to judge you. Like they're not going to judge you for posting like, a you know, flirtatious photo of yourself in like a cute outfit but like guys don't really get on Instagram and like you know show their best you know and if if they are if they are it's a little bit like what's going on (laughs) yeah so it's like you know guys social media is like this very interesting puzzle to put together and a balance Um, it's a balance yeah and I think that also like in the bachelor bachelorette world, you know, with having the right reasons and like the good intentions, like I do think that social media before going on the show would be a good indicator of like, okay, is this person like here to be a thirst monster and like hawk sugar bear hair or do they seem like a normal person, you know? So now I think it's time that we talk Tasha. I'm really excited that we are re-entering the unknown. To this point, We've known, we've just been waiting for these events to play out. 
because we had been, you know, there was the leakage and people knew that this was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. And I feel excited at the idea that like, we are now once again, re-entering the purest form of Bachelor where we don't know what's going to happen. We're excited to see how the love and romance will unfold. And personally, I'm a huge Tasha fan. I think she's beautiful, stunning, gorgeous, vivacious, intelligent, wonderful. Here's, okay, here's what I have to say, which is a little bit about Claire and a little bit about Tasha. What I found at the end of the day that I did not like about Claire in its truest form is that she's fake. She's not genuine. Her, the way that she talks was not genuine. She One seems, last Claire, Claire seems like she's drunk, like all the time. She drunk, seems like she's literally on drugs. On drugs and just fake. Like putting on emotions like, hey, Dale, hey, you know, like not genuine at all. And one um, move movement that she does with her face that really bothers me and that I think is so not genuine is she bites her lip. Like she literally was talking to Dale and going like this. And I'm like, no one genuinely like, like smiling happens because you are happy. So you smile. No one like subconsciously just like bites their lip. No. It's an intentional, like, I'm trying to signal this person towards my lip or, like, make them think that I'm being, like, pensive and, like, sexy and cute, like, biting my lip, like, it's so it's ugly. More like, yeah, Lily, you got it. You, okay, this is it. They stick their tongue out. They stick their tongue out. Hmm? <laughs> yes, and I think that everything you said is right, and I also think she does it to get back to her freaking plastic body because she has so much filler in her lips it feels <laughs> weird like i feel like she's like this is so unnatural that i like i'm you know my friend was also saying that she might have gotten like the lip flip yeah the, you know you basically just get botox in your upper lip so that your lips flip up but that the the Biting of the lip just shows how disingenuous Claire is. And maybe she's really, you know, real and fun and cool in real life. And it's just like when the camera is around, she goes into fake mode. The thing with Taisha is I feel like at times I've felt that she's a little bit fake. At times I have felt she's a little too happy or like a little, just a little bit too animated. And I, I feel like this happened, you know, a little bit on Paradise, a little bit in her season with Colton. And what I need right now as a relief from the terrible, fake, awful Claire is Taisha at her most genuine, vulnerable. And I know that she can be that way. Like we have seen her on the show be very vulnerable, be very real, be very emotional and open and honest and real. But I have seen some tinges of fake, fakeness coming from her. And I really hope that going forward, we're getting like the real Tasha, and that she doesn't feel like pressure to put on an act because she's the lead, you know? I'm feeling really hopeful for Tasha, as I mentioned before. And I would just like to say again, because I really do mean it. I think she has a wonderful group of guys. Like, I think that at this point, now that we've gotten rid of Yosef and like, there are a few other guys that like, maybe weren't that wonderful in the beginning. You know who I don't like? 
Who? I forget his name, but he has the tattoos, like the star. The, band, boy, the boy band manager. Boy, I was boy just about band. To say, boy, boy band. Boy band manager. I don't like him. And I don't like him one bit. And me, I he also strikes me And I me don't as gay. like John Travolta. And I okay, don't the, like John. Those Travolta. are the two that I really can't stand. Okay, so I I agree with and you. I, I don't are, love Easy. That's my favorite. I don't love him. Liesel. Okay. Well. As a whole, I'll just say, or at least I'm speaking for myself, that I think she has a really respectable group of men that, yes, this is a reality show, but they do seem like a good group of guys. And so I'm feeling really hopeful that with this group of guys, and I have nothing but love for Tasha. I'm so excited that she's going to get to live out her life. She has such beautiful skin and is so gorgeous. I am really excited for her, and I specifically really love Easy, and I think that Ben is so cute, so I'm hoping that she ends up with one of them, because those are my two favorites. Ben, Ben, I think I've Ben has really, the best chance. I've been really pleasantly surprised by Ben. I think that he has shown me, to this point, only good things, so I yeah. love that. I think that my prediction for Tasha's um, mate is definitely Ben, Um I I like the guys. I don't love them. Like, you know, to me, maybe it's just like a me thing, but I just think they're a little bit, I don't want to say too nice because that's, that's not the right thing. They do seem very nice, generally. Like, most of them seem like really genuine, nice people, but none of them really like, maybe it's just that none of them are really like my type or we haven't gotten to know any of them enough where I like actually really like any of them, but I do love Tasha and I think that she will be great. I, I wish that we had picked her from the beginning and she was the one who way back when at the beginning of the year when they were going to announce, like, I really wanted Tasha. Um, I'm upset personally that it doesn't seem like they're going to do limo reactions. I know. Tasha. What's up with that? I thought they were totally going to do limo again because, like, that's the way it's supposed to start. And, like, are you kidding? Like, we need for the finale episode to be able to go back and see the moment that they met. If she's just meeting everyone at the same time and just walking in like, hey, guys, that's not a romantic first meeting. Well, that's not a romantic first meeting. And also, like, that's so overwhelming. Like, how do you keep track of anything if no one can differentiate themselves? Like, with that introduction, the way that the limo setup provides, like, I'm appalled that they're not having that. And, like, Um, they don't need to, like, do the stupid costumes or anything. But, like, I want to see the guys come out of the limo and, like, actually have a moment the other thing that is a theory of why I feel like I don't know these guys super well or feel like super attached to them is you know on most seasons of the bachelor bachelorette they do these like home packages you know where you see the guys like in their natural habitat they talk a little bit about themselves you see them at their job that I think is so crucial to even if you just get like four or five of them you get like you feel you know them a little bit better and it makes it so much easier to differentiate i'm like literally people come on the screen and i'm like who are you like i literally don't know how i agree liesel i agree i think another issue here is that it is literally been the claire and dale show like that has been centered from day one so it's just difficult to get to know any of the other guys when like they are really just pawns in this game between king and queen claire and dale can we talk lookalikes Let's yes. talk lookalikes. Let's, okay. let's talk lookalikes. So we've talked about our man Blake, Mountain Man, John Travolta. He can get that title. 
may I just yes. say, why is his beard so pointy? Okay. Angular. If, Angular. If you have a triangle chin, if you have a triangle chin and you get a beard, please try to hide the fact that you have a triangle chin. Try to round out the beard so that it looks like you have a normal jawline. Don't go balls to the wall or don't have a beard and just show your triangular chin. Own it. Own it, Blake. Yes. Okay. Moving quickly along. <laughs> you guys have said your Dale comment. I think Dale looks like an aardvark. Um, I also think that his ears are so tiny. His ears are really small. For reference, that um, looks like Dale. That I'm doesn't not really getting look, that. That has too big of ears to look like Dale, Lily. But I do think Dale has good style. I have loved his I outfits. do not think Dale has good style, and I wrote that in my notes. Why does Dale keep wearing these things? No, no, I put he in has my- really I, good style. I put in my notes that sometimes I'll just throw in Dale looks really hot. <laughs> like, I know. He, like, and he's, he's facially, Lily, I agree. Sometimes he does make really weird faces, and I'm like, ooh, he makes me a little uncomfortable. But the majority of the time, like, I do think Dale is pretty hot. I have, I have, Dale's shirt is hot is a yeah, note like, that I had. He, he has, like, these good shirts with, like, they're almost, like, bowling-ish inspired. And, like, his little chain. Like, yeah. I think he has a really nice, simple style. This As is opposed so to funny. Easy. Are you kidding me? Easy with his windowpane cranberry suits? Like, he looks ridiculous. I could not disagree more because I thought Dale was so hot when we started months ago when they released the cast and I chose him. And since he's been on the show, I'm like, I cannot believe I ever chose him. Everything about him I don't think is cute. And I think he dresses terribly. My my note that I wrote is Dale's outfits, period. Why is he wearing that? The chain at the rose ceremony on top of the green tank top is a no. I don't I, like, I like the chain. I like the chain. And I love Easy. Like, I would say Easy's hands down my overall favorite, but I also think Ben is so hot, so it's kind of hard to say. But Ben, and isn't Ben Venice, California? Yeah, I think so. Local. Um, Lily, I just love that we won't have to fight over men ever. It's so exciting. Okay, my next lookalike, which is the most, I think, obvious, um, our main man, Bennett, is Clark Kent. Like, was, mm. the, was the movie based? It's the identical person. So, okay. I... Can I just say really quick that I think Bennett and Taisha will be interesting to watch because Bennett kind of gives me JPJ vibes. I was just about to say, and this is not an original idea. This was fed to us via Bachelor Fan Take that uh, Bachelor Fan Take had said this. That, oh, that I didn't Bennett, see that. That Bennett is the Harvard JPJ, which is <laughs> like he's just a yeah. rebranding of JPJ. And like, I do think that the Tasha JPJ dynamic was kind of like a one one of a kind thing. Like I don't necessarily know if she will be drawn to Bennett, but I'm I agree, Liesel. It's in, it'll be interesting to watch that play out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that we have covered everything you know to do with Claire and her little mini season of The Bachelorette. I personally would love to do this episode once again after Tasha's whole journey is done. Maybe we could do that um, because obviously we want to respect our wise babies who are not part of Bachelor universe. Um, but do you girls have any recommendations for this episode? If you have not seen Bachelor in Paradise, 
watch Bachelor in Paradise. There are full seasons of Bachelor in Paradise on HBO Max. So you can literally for free, like this is premium content that Gigi and I have paid legal tender for. You're, you can get this for free if you have HBO Max. Please, I beg you, go watch Bachelor in Paradise. It's the best thing ever. So some of you may have been seeing on Instagram the underwear brand Parade. They are a sustainable underwear brand and they have lots of cute and fun and colorful underwear. I ordered some and I'm really enjoying them. So I highly recommend checking them out. I personally got to use a coupon code because a bunch of people that I follow on Instagram were like, oh, use my coupon code to get 30% off. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll get that and get 30% off. So I recommend checking them out. And I think obviously our final recommendation is to watch The Bachelorette. And that way, next time that we have one of these conversations, you can follow along. If you start next week with The Bachelorette, it's brand new. So you could pretty much start and not have watched ever before and start now and totally understand everything that's going on, which is kind of cool. Thank you for listening to Sophomore Citizens, the podcast by young people for young people with new episodes every Monday. So we'll see you wise babies then. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and more, and be sure to leave a five-star review.